What's up, guys? Welcome back. Coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. Your host, David Chandra. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe. We have a brand new episode today, our second attending that's joined us, a newly minted DPM. Dr. Shivani Panchal, introduce yourself to the listeners. Thank you, thank you. I'm Shivani Panchal, just recently graduated from White Cobb Heights Residence Center in Brooklyn, New York, and now working with a few of my attendings and eventually we'll be doing the clinic in the hospital. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, like I was saying, you're one of the first few uh, attendings to reach out to us as a podcast, and it's nice to be able to kind of transition from students into, uh, you know, podiatrists that have been working, and you recently finished your residency. So before we get into all of that and all the excitement of finishing residency and what you did during residency, let's kind of go all the way back to where it all started and tell us a little bit about where your interest in medicine was and how it all started and where and why you chose podiatry. Okay, so I was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, all my family's in Connecticut. My dad's actually a pediatrician. So my initial interests were to be in pediatrics. I always wanted to be a doctor. Uh, but then growing up, I realized he was always on call. And I wish he had a little more time with me growing up. So then I looked into other fields and one day he was like, why don't you go shadow the podiatrist, um, our local podiatrist in town? And I was like, all right. And so I went and I actually had a really good time there. Um, and I graduated college six months early. So I stayed with him for six months. And for those six months, I learned a lot of things. Um, and so that made me apply to podiatry school. Okay. Um, and I actually applied to podiatry school super late it was like july i remember super clearly and i went in i took the train down from connecticut to new york city for my interview because i applied to the new york college of podiatric medicine i went down there for the day um interviewed and i heard back super quickly and they're like we're actually like accepting you into like this upcoming class if you want to join and so I had to make a decision like super quick within the within the week. So I, I took a step back. I meditated on it. I talked to a few family friends. Um, I spoke to my family, had deep conversations about it. And I was like, where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? And I definitely saw myself in that position as a doctor. I was shadowing. Yeah. So then I quickly took the acceptance. And then a month later, I saw myself starting school in New York, moving to New York, a whole different, like, world. I live, I actually live in, like, uh, like, the farmlands of Connecticut, like, super north. Okay. Um, and, like, quick transition into New York City, like, like one of the greatest cities in the world, and I'm, like, yeah. starting school, so it's all excitement. Um, yeah, I got myself through all four years of school, um, and then ended up here in Brooklyn, where I am right now. Yeah, I'm sure that was a big transition from a, a small town in Connecticut, and then now you're in the big lights in New York City, so I'm sure that was like a transition, but it was also a lot of fun, I'm sure, during your initial stages, moving into a big city, starting uh, podiatry school, and being able to follow in the footsteps of your dad, um, who was also a physician. So what kind of role did he play in the initial stages of you wanting to even be in medicine? I know you mentioned that you saw that he was a pediatrician, and you didn't... Uh, like the call schedule and all those type of things and you kind of wanted something that was catered to you 
and kind of suited your uh, likings and everything like that. So, but still, I'm sure he played a big role in you uh, being in the field of medicine. So talk to us a little bit about how that started and how that was for you and how, how much of an influence he was for you. So growing up, that's all I knew. All I knew was medicine. Yeah. I had no idea <laughs> there was like anything else out there. So my mind was set to it ever since I can remember. Um, it's just that um, I would go to the office and help him out a lot. And then afterwards, I would just see him like being super like worried about his patients at home and just answering phone calls all the time and I was like okay maybe I could do pediatrics but something else with it yeah um so yeah that's how it happens it just I chose podiatry and then also the program I chose has a pediatric clinic in it okay um so Eventually, I'm hoping to maybe, maybe <laughs> cover, cover yeah. that clinic and do like pediatric podiatry. Definitely, yeah. No, and I think that uh, that's really cool because I I know a lot of us as students, we when we go through clinics, we primarily only see like older patients or like mid mid thirties, forties to the late like sixties, seventies, eighties, and we don't really get to see too many pediatric patients. But I think it's it's a a growing thing within the field of podiatry, especially being able to work on the pediatric population and seeing the pathologies that they come in with and the congenital deformities that they have, which are almost a lot cooler uh, as students to see, and I'm sure it is for you guys as well. So, and then, and hopefully, you know, that's something that you can pick up and that's something that you can also get your dad's advice on, you know, one way or the other, I'm sure he'll be able to help. So where was it that your dad uh, went to school? Was it back in India or did he go to school here? In yeah, so way back when my parents got married, my mom actually moved to the States first. Okay. Um, and then she saved up some money to have my dad come. And when she was working here, he was doing medical school in India. Okay. Um, and so he came here and was trying to find a residency program wherever. Um, and he luckily landed it at UConn. And oh. yeah, did it in pediatrics in the best way. We're still in Connecticut. <laughs> Nice, nice. So you're grounded in Connecticut. Do you, do you ever think that as you progress forward in your career that you're going to leave the north, Northeast, or are, are you, like, pretty pretty good where you are right now? I'm pretty set here because yeah. I have – so literally all my family lives in the same town in Connecticut except for, like, a couple. Um, and, you know, they're, like, they're like my backbone. And then all my, my friends, everyone is up here in the north, Northeast and – except for like those few people who are out in like California or yeah. like yeah Europe or yeah but yeah everyone's here so I plan to stay up in the northeast for sure yeah I mean family is always important and staying close to them is always uh key and I know I when I came to Kent State family was only two and a half hours away and I could drive all the time to go home so I can mm -hmm. uh, I can relate so I think that's a decision that I'm gonna have to make when I start residency but we'll see where we'll see where the road takes me um, but going back to your time at NYCPM, tell us a little bit about your journey through school and a little bit about how you decided your externships before you started uh, your res residency eventually. So tell us a little bit about your time there. Did you apply to any other schools uh, or was it just NYCPM? I just applied there because okay. I wanted to stay in the area. Um, there was also the Philly school, but I felt like that was a little too far because um, 
uh, when I was actually initially going into um, undergrad, I did my first year in Syracuse, and I felt that that was a little too far. And then eventually I came home to UConn. Okay. Uh, so then I decided from then on, like, I would just stay pretty close to home. And the closest school to home was NYCPM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that made me decide just to apply there. Um, and their program is pretty good. So I, I did find the first two years to, through academics. Um, and then the second two years, which are clinical. Um, and then the fourth year, which is externships. Um, so then they let us do, I don't know what it is now, but then it was five externships. Okay. Um, and so this it's a funny story how I landed my externship where I got my residency, which is Wyckoff Heights Medical Center in Brooklyn. Um, my first externship, I, I heard a lot of crappy stories about it, and I decided I don't want to go there. And mm-hmm. I, I'd rather go to Wyckoff instead. And so a month beforehand, I went into Grand Rounds, and they start super early. They start at 6.30, so I got there at 6, and I was all dressed up, and I was hoping to meet the program director there, and luckily he was there, so I, I stayed through Grand Rounds, and then I met him afterwards, and his name is Dr. Guberman. And I was like, Dr. Guberman, like, I want to be here next month for an externship. Do you have any slots available? He's like, yeah, let's go talk to Veronica, who's our, who's our manager for everything. Mm-hmm. And so we go talk to her. She's like, yeah, we can start you next month. So I found myself doing my my first externship there. Um, and it was really hardcore. Like, yeah. have, that, that program is big. They have a lot of residents. Um, and then they're pretty hardcore on clinic as well. They have clinic every day, even Saturdays. Oh, wow. Um, they also have a lot of um, surgery and a lot of ab. Back then, they they used to do so many add-ons, like, people would stay until, like, 2 in the morning. And I was like, maybe <laughs> I don't want to go there. And also, the attendings and the chiefs were, like, they would just keep, like, asking you questions and, like, pimping you, as yeah. we say, yeah. all the time. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to go here after yeah. all. But then, um, going through the rest of my externships, they were, like, pretty, like, quiet compared to what Wyckoff was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this is, like, about my future maybe I should go to Wyckoff because at the end of the day, like they want you to learn. Like mm-hmm. that's why they're asking you questions and pushing you to your limits. Um, cause as you know, knowledge is power at the end of the day. Definitely. So then, yeah, I decided to, even though like, I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to be here. I, at the end of the day, I interviewed there mm-hmm. and I applied there. I put them as like my top three. Yeah. And they take um, rear foot positions and forefoot positions. Okay. Um, so I applied as both. And when match day came, I matched as a rear foot position. I was like, nice. wow, um, I'm going to be a rear foot person. And for Wyckoff, when, we, when you're rear foot during your third year, um, you get to be one of the chiefs and the, you okay. get to handle everything. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so I'm gonna have like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be able to be chief during my third year. I'm gonna have like um, I'm gonna have like all this good responsibility. Um, my third year handling like all the four foots below me and all the um, first and second years. Mm-hmm. Um, so turns out um, we go to our orientation the first day. Yeah. And there's only me and two other people, the other two rear foot positions. Yeah. And I'm like, 
where's everyone else? Yeah. Um, uh, turns out they, the attendings tell us that it was only the three of us starting at that program. Usually oh, wow. there's yeah. like seven or eight people that start every year, but mm-hmm. my year there was only three people and we were like, our hearts like sunk to the floor. <laughs> yeah. We're like, how are we going to handle all this? Like, there's like so much calls, so much clinics, so many, so many cases, so many items. Like how are the three of us going to handle this? So on top of it already being like a crazy like program, there's only three of us yeah. um, compared to like the usual eight people that like split the calls, but like doing clinics, but like doing like the in the inpatient cases, the outpatient cases. Um, but we did it. Yeah. We, we made it through it. Um, I remember uh, when I was on nights one week. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, we also covered. Um, uh, hand consoles, which is like plastic consoles, okay. and also ortho consoles because there's no ortho residents there. Mm-hmm. And after hours, after the um, house officers left or the PAs left, we had to cover their call. Okay. And especially during nights, it got really crazy with like everyone like doing something or the other with their hand, like breaking it or like yeah. lacerating <laughs> it or dislocating their thumb or something like stupid like that. And then on top of that, orthopedic call, which is like like knee injuries or elbow injuries, shoulder injuries, stuff like that. So on top of podiatry call, I was also handling in an ortho call. And my night shift was the week before Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. And yeah. my shift started on Monday nights and ended on Sunday morning. So I got back home. I had plans with my friends afterwards. To like see the Super Bowl, and that year it was the Eagles versus the Patriots. Yeah, and so it was like it's supposed to be a big game because like half my friends were like Eagle fans and <laughs> half were, like Patriots fans. So yeah. I had plans. So I was like, let me take a nap before I um, go see my friends. Um, and so I come home Sunday morning, and I'm like sleeping all through Sunday, like the entire day, and then the entire and the entire night I slept through the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I wanted to work on what I'm like, oops, sorry, I missed the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, first year was a lot of hard work. But yeah. the thing to know about that is that you're doing all this to know for your future, right? So sure. um, as long as you have, and this is for things, like things for people to know going into residency or in residency right now, have the right attitude and do good quality work treat your patients as if like they were your family and that's when you'll learn the most out of it um definitely the less you complain the better first year is always hard for everyone i remember like whenever i was off i would have plans with family or friends to hang out and every time i hung out with them like my first year i would like fall asleep So, yeah. like, I would be, like, having dinner, like, falling asleep, having dinner, or, like, we'd, we'd be at a show and, like, like dead asleep at the show. Yeah. But if you put in the work first year, it makes a huge difference for, like, the rest of your residency and also your career afterwards. Definitely, yeah. No, and I, I think that's great insight that you've given to uh, a fourth-year student like me. You know, th- these are things that we should be looking forward to and keeping in mind when we go and start, even during exchangeships, but... Uh, later on when we start our first year residency and something that's very important for residents to remember as well too because I know that from the externships that I went to first year is pretty much what lays your foundation for the second and third year right and like you said knowledge is 
very important and you learn all of that in your first year and if you don't have that basis it kind of throws everything else off later on but kind of going back to the uh, irony of the situation you said you didn't really want to be on call as much like your dad and then you ended up your first year that was what you had and you know your the residency you went to at Wyckoff also that mm-hmm. first experience as an externship must have been intimidating being in a position where they were asking you a ton of questions expecting a lot out of you but I think that brings out the best in you. And I'm sure that uh, looking back at it, you probably have no regrets with the decision that you've made and, uh, you know, the journey you went through and the process you got through to get to where you are currently. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Tell us tell us a little bit more about some of the highlights of your residency, some things that you've learned that uh, are important to you now. And we'll get into the next segment later on and we'll talk about your post-residency, what your future aspirations and everything are like but tell us a little bit about what your favorite things were, what your hardest times were. I know I'm sure that one week of uh, night call that you had where you were covering everything in the hospital was probably the worst, but tell us a little bit about those experiences because I think it's cool to be able to see it as a student because that's what we're going to get ourselves into eventually. So, Right. So um, let's see, where do I start? <laughs> um, so first year of residency, we were, yeah, we took dietary call, we had an inpatient list of about four pages. Yeah. Um, we would have so many add-on cases that went into, like, like the crazy hours of the night till, like, 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We also took hand call. Um, we also took orthopedic call. Um, at our, our hospital, we don't have any orthopedic residents, so we had um, the benefit of doing all the ortho cases. Okay. Which is basically like what we do in the foot, but like bigger joints. Yeah. So yeah. we had more practice with like um, like doing shoulder cases, doing hip cases, um, like being able to use the instrumentation in the OR so that we're in, in bigger, easier joints so that we could use it in the smaller joints of the foot. Um we also did a lot of ankle cases, um, which is um, good for like if you if you ever want to do any ankle cases in the future. Um, for hand case, for hand consults and cases, um, it was good for us because we would get to practice our suturing skills, which is mainly like plastics and stuff. Yeah. Um, so like remember first year when I was on call, I would be called for all hand lacerations i'll be like stitching everyone up all day yeah um, but that really like honed down my like suturing skills sure. um uh even in the or working with all sorts of attendings um you get to learn like how how they like um do their cases um our second year of residency they actually send us out to like a couple of different hospitals in Long Island okay. and we're basically the solo resident out there. I mean, there are like attendings, of course, that mm-hmm. we work under, but the attendings are usually busy at their offices and stuff. So we're usually handling the inpatients at the hospital, everything from like admitting to discharging with a, like a proper follow-up, um, including like booking these patients for cases and like, um what you need to order and stuff i remember one of the attendings out there was like um okay so who do i have in the hospital and why are they still in the hospital and i would have to have an answer for him every single day yeah um and i would just be like okay this person's here for this and i think he would 
benefit from like a debriefing or an amputation? Is it okay if I book him? And then the attendant will be like, yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I will have to order the proper lab and proper imaging and get him worked up for the OR, get the proper clearances, take him into the OR. Um, and then afterwards, I would have to clear with the attending like the proper discharge plan and where it would be followed up and what to do. Um, so our first year prepped us well for our second year out in Long Island. Um, the more call you do actually helps um, you uh, better handle your inpatients in the hospital. Um, our second year, we also get sent out to a couple of surgical centers because our first year we did a lot of dirty cases like amputations and debridements. Mm-hmm. Second year, we got sent to surgical centers um, and got to experience all these other attendees that we never met before and how they do their procedures, like their, their bunions, anything simple from like a, a bunion hammer toe to like a flat foot reconstruction. Um, that also helped us, like if we want to stay in the area, um, form our connections yeah. with each other. Um, and then, yeah, third year, um, we, like as a rear foot, I did a lot of administrative work. Um, and then I also have a few tips for people going into their third year of residency. For sure. Um, so save up. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of expenses to be um, made during third year, um, especially if you want to take boards, you need to save up for those and like classes for boards or review classes for boards. Um, if you want to apply for your license, mm-hmm. that's the chunk of money that you should have ready to spend. Um, and your DEA, um, that's another 700 something, 800 something dollars. Um, if any, any conferences you want to go to any like, uh, scope courses or any other courses you want to take, make sure you have like the days, uh, off planned for that. If you have enough days off, make sure you have enough of those. Um, third year is just like a lot of expenses and a lot of planning. So make sure you plan, I would say start planning like the second half of your second year, where you want to be. Um, and then beginning of third year, start with those applications for your licenses, your DEA, all these courses, um, any boards, courses, or any boards you want to take, make sure you know the dates when to sign up for the exam. Mm -hmm. So it's super important. Um, that's what you should do your third year. Definitely. No, I think that's a lot of good knowledge that you're dropping on us for all different kinds of uh, people that are up and coming to the uh, stage you're at. And I think that hopefully this uh, episode reaches out to third year residents and second year residents and first year residents. And, you know, even for us as students, it's definitely beneficial just hearing your guys' stories and your experiences through residency because it helps us understand what to look forward to in the future and what our situations will be like. So I know one thing that you mentioned, which I think all listeners should be aware of, is that suturing is probably the biggest thing that you learn as an extern that you should be knowing as you go into your first year residency. So uh, I remember one of the directors and the residents that I was with earlier this year, one thing they mentioned is that that's one of the only things you can practice outside of the OR. Everything else, you know, you got to learn within there. So suturing is very important. And I'm talking to my co-externs and all these other fourth years that are going through the process right now that it's, it's really cool that at your program, you're able to do a lot of that during your first year, not only able to see podiatry call, but ortho call and also plastics. 
and uh, getting that variety that you might not necessarily get or people might not know about because they think, okay, if you're in podiatry, all you're doing is the foot and ankle. You're not doing anything else. But, you know, your program shows that you can do a lot more than just learning that. And I think one of the biggest things that people should be aware of is even though you're even though you're specializing in the foot and ankle, you should be knowledgeable about the entire system as a whole, the whole body as a whole, to be able to treat the patient and how you're going about in your surgeries, how you're going about in clinic, inpatients and consults and all these different things. So that's really cool. And I'm, I'm, I, it's very interesting for me to hear all of this too. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, you're, get, you're shedding light into these experiences and things like that. So we'll transition into segment two and we'll talk to you about your post-residency and how that feels and how it feels to finally complete your uh, learning stage. I know the learning never ends. I know you're going to keep learning, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go into what your future goals, aspirations are and everything like that. So thank you listeners for tuning into part one of the episode with uh, Dr. Bunchell from Wyckoff Heights Medical Center in New York, but she's working her way to becoming her own, uh, own DPM, own individual in the future as well. So let's transition to the next episode and we'll see you guys soon thank you guys